spread the word. The JCPenney Friends and Family Sale is back. And this week, we're passing the savings on to you. Use your extra 30% off coupon to prep your home and style your family for Easter. That's extra savings on top of our great low prices. Plus, share your coupon with everyone you know and love. It's always better when we save together. JCPenney, make everybody count. Offer valid 311 through 317. Exclusions apply. See store or jcp.com for details. Hey, friends, welcome to the Elisa Childers podcast, where we equip Christians to identify the core beliefs of historic Christianity, discern its counterfeits, and proclaim the gospel with clarity, kindness, and truth. And I know what you're thinking, another midweek episode. I know. (laughs) I wanted to bring this to you because the conversation on the events at Asbury uh, University are continuing, and people are continuing to talk about them. And I think this has been something that's been confusing for a lot of people. And so I did a live stream on Instagram a couple of days ago with some further commentary, some insights, some thoughts for everyone to consider. And another reason I wanted to continue to talk about this is because this sort of has— do you, do you remember in 2020 when all of the race conversations were just really escalating and then the pandemic hit and, and conversations around everything surrounding all of that was escalating on social media? This has a bit of a similar quality in that I think people are feeling very pressured to pick a side. Which side am I on? Is this real? Is this not? So in the Instagram live, I suggest that maybe that's the wrong question. Maybe the wrong question is, is this real revival? And maybe we need to be asking a different question. So I'll get to that in a moment. But I imagine that this has been confusing for a lot of people. Maybe on one side of things, you're hopeful. You want this to be something that is true and real. And I'm with you. I do, too. I, I think that we should be cautiously optimistic about what God may be doing in the lives of some uh, students at Asbury. But then on the other side of things, maybe you've had some questions. Maybe you feel guilty for asking those questions. And I I just want to read a scripture passage before I lead you to the audio of the Instagram post that I did. Um, I want to read from 1 John 4.1. It says, Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God, for many false prophets have gone out into the world. And so I just want you to know that you have biblical permission to, to ask questions about something. And you should not feel guilty or um, you're not a Pharisee if you're asking questions. You're not cynical if you're asking questions. You're not quenching the spirit. If you're asking questions, you're doing actually what the Bible commands you to do, especially when something like this happens. And of course, we don't want to be cynical. We want to be um, hopeful that that what we're seeing is something that's authentic, and I have no doubt that in at least the hearts of some, it is. And and you'll you'll hear that when I get to the Instagram post. So uh, the audio is going to sound a little different because we had to capture this off of Instagram. But I hope that this blesses you today. I hope it edifies you, and uh, God bless. Hey friends, I wanted to come on here live and talk with you about some thoughts that have been going on in my head. It's uh, been a couple of days of just a lot of prayer. I have been thinking about the situation at Asbury, and if you're unfamiliar with my thoughts on that, I made a YouTube video a couple of days ago uh, just that I had been there, and I, I shared my experience and shared a few concerns, and so definitely go check that out. But I wanted to share some further thoughts, and at some point, I might make another YouTube video with some updates, but I've been really burdened by thinking about and praying. I've been in just 
prayed a lot over the last couple of days about this thing. It just seems to be so many hot takes on social media. And I was thinking this morning about um, the fact that we might be asking the wrong questions. So I see on social media uh, so many people saying, is this a, or asking the question, is this a real revival? Is this real? Is this false? Is this revival? Is this counterfeit revival? Is this a move of the spirit? Is this a move of the flesh? Is this emotionalism? Is this the spirit? These are the questions that people are asking. And I was thinking this morning as I was out walking and praying and listening to the Bible, and I was thinking, you know, I think that might be the wrong question to be asking because I was thinking about the parable of the wheat and the tares. And I'm going to go through that with you in just a moment. But there is very, there's very likely there's a bit of both going on, right? So there are, I have no doubt that there are sincere Christian people seeking God with all their heart in whom the Holy Spirit has been working and convicting them of their sin and filling them with an increased hunger and thirst for his word and uh, a zeal for the gospel and a zeal to take that to the ends of the earth and all that goes along with it. I have no doubt that that's happening. And there will be testimonies 20 years from now um, from kids who became pastors. And, you know, because I was also thinking about the Jesus People Movement where my dad got saved. It was a bit messy at times. Um, it was a bit of a different type of thing, by the way, that happened back then. I was actually talking to my dad about this the other day. Uh, it wasn't, uh, it didn't take the same form. I'm not saying that that's a criticism of anything. I'm just saying uh, there was massive new converts that were coming, at least in my dad's context, to Calvary Chapel night after night for hours of Bible study. There was some music, but it really was more, they were just hungry to learn the word of God. Uh, they were encouraged to join some small groups and be discipled. And so it was much more of that kind of thing that was happening in the Jesus movement, uh, less like what we're seeing at Asbury. And so um, but but there was there were some areas and pockets where there were lack there was a lack of discernment and things weren't handled right and uh, but there's been long lasting fruit in a lot of lives so I wouldn't want to discount what God did in someone's life back then because there was messiness otherwise and so I was thinking about Asbury and the parable of the wheat and the tares so let me read this to you the kingdom of heaven this is Jesus talking the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a man who sowed good seed in his field. But while his men were sleeping, his enemy came and sowed seeds among the wheat and went away. So when the plants came up and bore grain, then the weeds appeared also. And the servants of the master of the house came and said to them, Master, did you not sow good seed in your field? How is it then we have weeds? He said to them, An enemy has done this. So the servant said to him, Then do you want us to go and gather them? But he said, No, lest in gathering the weeds you root up the wheat along with them. Let, let both grow together until the harvest. And at harvest time, I will tell the reapers, Gather the weeds first and bind them in bundles to be burned, but gather the wheat into my barn. So Jesus went on to explain what this parable was all about. He said that he is the sower, so the sower is Jesus sowing the good seed. The field is the world. The wheat is the people of the kingdom and the tares are the people of the evil one. So it was the enemy who sowed the bad seed. Um, and then the harvest at the end of the age, uh, the harvest is at the end of the age and the reapers are the angels. So in this story, Jesus is actually telling us what it will be like for us as his church. He's saying that while we're here on earth, it's going to be, there's going to be a mixed bag. There's going to be true Christians and false Christians in the same world, in the same country, in the same state, in the same 
uh, church, in the same service. This is all going to be a mixed bag. There's going to be wheat and tares. And ultimately, we're not the ones that are supposed to hack everything down because you might uproot uh, a wheat when it's actually, you know, when you meant to go for the tear. So the other thing I think that's a big takeaway for us in this context, too, is that what this doesn't mean is that you check your discernment at the door. It doesn't mean that you, um, you know, just accept everything on face value. It doesn't mean that you just jump on bandwagons or anything like that. Um, I, I expect there to be a bit of both. And so out of deep love for the students there at Asbury, out of deep concern and care for the leadership that's having to, to deal with all this and handle this and, and try to figure out how to wisely um, shepherd this, um, out of deep concern of what I'm seeing come in from other sides, I'm seeing progressive Christians celebrate this revival. That's something to pay attention to. Um, I'm seeing um, alliances. I mentioned this in the video of, of new apostolic reformation types that are already even ministry partners for the collegiate day of prayer that's happening on the 23rd. You've got um, ministries like the call and awaken the dawn and Jesus culture already officially affiliated for that. That's a deep concern that I have. And I think we need to be sober minded about these things, but ultimately pray for these kids because my heart out of love for Jesus, out of love for these kids, out of love for the leadership, out of love for his church and out of love for the word of God. Um, I am praying, pray for these kids, you guys, but back to the wheat and the tares, this parable, and I write about this in my book, another gospel, this parable would have been more easily understood probably by someone living in the first century Roman empire, because this is actually a thing people would do. Uh, it was kind of like a primitive bioterrorism, uh, as Craig Blomberg, New Testament scholar put it. Uh, so the word that's translated into tear in that passage is not just a generic word for weed. It's actually a specific weed called Darnell. Now, Darnell, you can Google pictures of this. It looks just like wheat on the outside, but as it matures, the seeds inside are dark and they're very poisonous. So if an ancient farmer found some of this weed or this Darnell in his uh, wheat crop, he wouldn't try to uproot it first because then uh, he, he would probably lose some wheat in the process. And so he'd wait until the field was ripe and then he could harvest everything. And that's, of course, what, what the Lord will do um, at the end of the age. And so the main one of the important points I want to make, though, is that if you are trying to use discernment and, um, you know, asking questions about these things, um, you're not a Pharisee if you're asking questions. You're not, you don't have a religious spirit. That's, um, maybe some people do, but if you're trying to use discernment and out of love for the church, out of love for Jesus, you're asking questions to want to discern properly and biblically this thing. Don't let anyone make you feel like you are a Pharisee or that you are somehow caught up in some sort of hypercriticism or legalism. Um, I'm sure there's some of that out there, no doubt. Um, but um, don't don't let that um, affect or gaslight you in this way, right? Because it's important. This What this parable is not saying is that we check our discernment at the door or that we don't call out false teachers or that we don't confront unbiblical teaching. In fact, in the book of Titus, that's actually a qualification for an elder of the church is to be able to teach sound doctrine and refute those who contradict it. That's literally an elder's job. A church leader's job is to be able to do that. 
And so I'd like to um, talk about how important in the New Testament it is to be on guard, to guard our life and doctrine uh, so carefully. Uh, it, when I was researching this for another gospel, I found verses in absolutely every book of the New Testament that emphasized uh, standing against false teachers, false doctrines. For Jesus even said, by the way, he told the parable of the wheat and the tares, but he also said to be aware of wolves. He, that's his word. That's Jesus' word. He, they will come in hungry to feast on the sheep. And Jesus said, you will recognize them by their fruit. Now, the fruit he's talking about is the fruit of repentance and obedience. Uh, he said, if you love me, keep my commandments. So there will be evidence of obedience and faithfulness to the word of God um, in the lives of people who God is working in in this um, in this you know event that's happening. So let's pray that if there are um, kids that are sincerely seeking the Lord and the Holy Spirit is working in their lives, that God will protect and guard that good seed that's been deposited, that that would not be able to be snatched. Um, and also, uh, let's keep our eyes open and pray for the leadership at Asbury and um, and just, yeah. So that's kind of, that's what I had to say. If anybody has any questions, I will, um, you know, see... Uh, uh, hey, uh, Haley's asking a question. Can you address Bill Eliff's statement from there? He claims people are now being immediately healed of addictions. How can he know yet? Yeah, so Haley, I think this is a fair question. I think it's 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 good to, the Bible says, test all spirits, hold fast to what is good. Um, it could be that there's, a, there could be that there is actual healings that are happening. I believe God heals, right? I'm not, I'm not at all. Wouldn't, I wouldn't say that, well, nobody could be healed. Um, I've experienced emotional healing in my life that was instantaneous. I write about that in my second book and live your truth and other lies. Um, but you, you probably can't know yet. And that's the thing. And so that's why I keep saying the evidence of this will bear out long-term, right? There will be evidence of long-term repentance, long-term obedience, that, that healing will be something that is perpetually there um, because there's probably a lot of adrenaline involved and other things uh, in this uh, type of, of thing. Okay, let me see here. Um, Doug, Annalisa Childers doesn't have the knowledge to know which are wheat and tares. Uh, none of us know what's happening in hearts at Asbury. Elisa didn't even bother to speak with anyone during her visit. Actually, that's not entirely true. I spoke with about three people, um, one of which was a student, and she was lovely. So, uh, but, you know, uh, Doug, as far as judging the eternal outcome of people's souls, you're correct. I do not have that authority. I don't have that knowledge. That's between each person and their judge, right? But what I'm commanded to do and what you're commanded to do scripturally and biblically, according to the New Testament, is to test every spirit and hold fast to what is true. And so we look to what's being taught. We look to, and I would encourage, um, this is widely available online right now. I would encourage all of you to go and listen to the sermon that was preached before the events took place. Now, again, uh, 
um, I understand this was not planned. It's not like they were trying to work up. A, it was just a chapel service and a sermon was preached and then the events took place. But I, I, I would challenge everyone, go listen to the sermon and ask yourself, um, wh- what is the gospel? Where's the gospel message in here? Ask yourself, would my progressive Christian friends agree with every word of this sermon? That's an important, interesting question to ask. Look for the call at the end. What are they being called to? And is it vague or is it specific? These are just questions that we all can ask. Uh, you're absolutely right, Doug. I don't have the knowledge to know each individual wheat and tear there, but I am commanded biblically to test all things, to hold fast to what is true, um, to uh, guard my life and doctrine uh, carefully. Uh, it, the, Second Peter says false prophets also arose among the people, just as there will be false teachers among you who will secretly bring in destructive heresy, secretly, even denying the master who bought them, bringing on themselves swift disruption. The destruction. Jude 1, 4 says certain people have crept in unnoticed who long ago were designated for this condemnation. And, and we're always commanded to avoid these types of things. So while we can't judge their eternal soul, that's the harvest at the end of the age, we are called to call these things out as we see them and um, to beware of wolves. Those are the words of Jesus himself. So um, thank you for that comment, Doug. Uh, let's see if we've got any more questions. Um, okay. This is a good question, um, from the mama apologist. It would be interesting to hear his take on the new movie coming out. Um, are you, I think you're talking about the Jesus revolution movie actually do have, I have not seen the movie myself, so I'll tell you that, but it is about the Jesus movement that my dad got saved. And actually there's an actor that plays my dad in the movie and he has one line and that line is dig it. (laughs) So my dad thought that was really funny. Um, so I will tell you that, um, I have not seen the movie, but my parents saw it and they said that it is. Uh, not it's not factually accurate. So don't expect to go to see Jesus Revolution and think that any of those like actual situations actually happened the way they happened in the movie. It's it's just not the way things happened. Um, and uh, my dad expressed to me, and I think he'd be okay with me saying this, that you know he he felt a little bit like the way Chuck Smith was portrayed was like Chuck Smith wasn't you know, wringing his hands over the lack of church growth or anything like that. This was something that really kind of happened organic. And so, um, you know, he said that if you just think of it as a movie about a pastor and a hippie, then you can enjoy it. It's good, but it's not really historically all that accurate. Um, Okay, so uh, let me see here. Other questions, I can take those. And then I'll ask you just to be praying Keep, be sober-minded, be hopefully optimistic, knowing that there's likely some good work God is doing. Um, but, uh, you know, there's also going to be some things that come in and try to co-opt it, as we've seen. Here's a question. My question is, why aren't there any sound biblical teachers or pastors going to protect the flock against the NAR pastors that are trying to make this their own? Well, I don't know that that's the case, honestly. I mean, I know that there are probably some really great um, sound leaders, of course, at Asbury that are, um, they're, they're, we got to pray for them, right? This is a tough situation to be in if you're a leader. Um, so uh, I don't know that that's the case. Maybe they, I, I understand from some things I've seen on social media that maybe they are aware. Um, and so uh, let's pray for them. 
So Doug says, please watch her YouTube video. She went there on Sunday morning when all the students were at church. She didn't seek or interview those who have been involved. That's not true. I did talk with a few people. Uh, but yeah, you're correct, Doug. And that was my understanding going in. The student that I had spoken to told me that it was going to be pretty slow in there because uh, it's typically slow in the morning. She mentioned that uh, they had gone out and they were going to be going out to churches to give testimony. I guess my curiosity would be, why is that relevant to what I said? Is that uh, have any sort of relevance? or does that change any of my insights? That might be a question to you. Um, uh, here's an interesting comment. And I'd love if you would give me a link on this, whoever posted this. There was a gay couple who went and said they got something beautiful from God. I'm seeing a lot of reports of fe people feeling a sense of peace and feeling God's love and something beautiful. And, and some of that's very vague. vague. I have also heard reports of repentance. So, you know, again, I, I, I think if you'll give me a link for that, I would love to, to see that. Um, where can we find this sermon to watch you're talking about? It's available on YouTube. You just type in the sermon at Asbury and it'll, it'll pop up. Um, so that, that will be, uh, something you can, you can just find very easily. And I'll maybe try to find a link that I can put in there. Um, okay. So, uh, let me see. I'll take like one more question. Um, what should I say to fellow church members who are traveling there to feel the Holy Spirit move? You know, I want to be slow to say um, there is definitely, you know, biblical ideas of the Holy Spirit um, moving in or, or, you know, alerting people, filling people in coming up on people. You can see this in, in scripture. Um, but what I don't see in scripture is a, a precedent for there being some sort of a force that's resting in a particular location, that if you go to this location, you're going to, you know, uh, you don't see the New Testament church doing that. Um, even Pentecost was not that. So, you, you know, the Pentecost breaks out people are preaching language uh, the gospel in different languages and and we had we saw a mass conversion to the true gospel at Pentecost and then people went in and started discipling people and growing in their faith and uh, sitting under the apostles teaching so um i i would say if somebody asked me like i want to go there to feel the holy spirit move i would i would urge caution with something like that because we are so suggestible psychologically as human beings and that's not to discount the very deep inner work that the Holy Spirit can do in someone's heart. But if they're going there to feel some sort of like Star Wars type force, um, that's that's not really a biblical thing. So I would just urge a little bit of caution with that. Uh, okay, so uh, Daisy says, did you go back and watch the sermon that started all of this? Yes, I did watch it. In fact, a few minutes ago, I urged everybody watching to go watch it. And ask yourself questions like, um, what is the main point of this sermon? Uh, how is love being defined very specifically? What's the call being given at the end? Would my progressive Christian friends disagree with anything that was preached in this? I'm just saying these are questions you could be asking. Um, let's see. Doug says, you said that there was nothing at Asbury that you couldn't get at your regular church service. So that's okay. So that was your follow-up to my question. Why is that relevant? Um, yeah, well, that's the truth of what I experienced. So I guess my question to you is, uh, you know, so, so are you saying, and I don't want to put words in your mouth, Doug, but would you be saying that um, maybe the Holy Spirit like left for a few minutes or that maybe just I mean, what I don't, I'm not sure where that's coming from. Uh, 
it, it was a very sweet experience. I, I didn't say anything negative about it. So um, I'm not sure why it's relevant, honestly. Okay, Terrence, it's sad to watch someone with your platform bring mo more cynicism to an already broken church. This has nothing to do with NAR or the things you are mentioning. A lot of well-reasoned pastors are there. I, I truly believe that's true. There are a lot of, I'm sure there are, and I've said many times in this live stream that we need to be praying for the leadership at Asbury. It's got to be a very tough, tough position to be in to try to navigate this, handle it, shepherd people through it. There's tough decisions I'm sure that they have to make, uh, sharp discernment. And so let's be praying for the leadership at Asbury. I'm very optimistic that that God will lead them. The Holy Spirit will lead them to handle this thing um, correctly. And I would push back a little bit, Terrence, that I don't think I've brought any cynicism. Um, I'm hopefully optimistic about this thing. I've said that I have no doubt that there are very real um, things happening in the hearts of students who are genuinely seeking God. Um, I believe that we'll see testimonies in 20 years from, I, I don't know how many, but we'll see testimonies from people in 20 years who have had fruitful ministries as a result of maybe the Holy Spirit convicting their heart and they repented and they trusted in Jesus and they were just filled with a hunger and a thirst for the gospel and for his word. I'm very hopeful that there's uh, at least some of that happening. Um, so I would just push back and say, I don't think it's cynical and it does have everything to do with NAR. In fact, if you go to the Collegiate Day of Prayer website, if you scroll down to the bottom to the ministry partners, you'll see Jesus culture, you'll see Awaken the Dawn, you'll see the call. These are all very strongly NAR affiliated uh, organizations. Uh, it is absolutely, um, and there's lots of NAR people that have been posting that they're there. Now, that doesn't mean they've been given any um, influence or, um, you know, I'm sure, again, let's, let's pray for the Asbury leadership, that they'll handle these things wisely and with discernment. Let's see if there's any other questions. Um, a lot of people are asking, is there preaching happening there or is it just worship and prayer? Um, I'm not totally sure because a lot of the, I, I, I hear that there is some of that. I, the videos, mainly the videos that I've been seeing have been of singing and there have been some testimonies of people, um, you know, just kind of really, uh, lots of emotional things I've seen. And, um, so that's, you know, I, I can't speak to that. So maybe somebody else can who's there, or maybe they can send out some videos. That would be awesome. Um, okay. Yes. So someone's saying, yes, there is preaching, worship, and prayer. Uh, it, I was, he was there for five hours yesterday in the evening, and it was balanced. Thank you for that testimony, A.S. Cole. Um, appreciate that. Um, Okay, I, I'm not seeing many more questions. So what I'll just tell you guys is thank you so much for listening. Let's um, let's pray, pray for the students. Please pray for the students and pray for the leadership. And um, if you wanna go back and listen to my original thoughts on YouTube, uh, I think I titled it, I went, I attended the Asbury Revival and here's what I saw. So, um, Okay, so Mom Apologist says, how can we know what movements are associated with NAR if we're not familiar? This is a great question because I don't know them all either. My main specialty is progressive Christianity. So what I would recommend you do if you want to know, because I'm still learning what all the entities are too. I know some of them, like those three I know quite well. Um, and so uh, maybe go follow Holly Pivick. Uh, get the book Counterfeit Kingdoms by Holly Pivick and Doug Guyvet. 
Um, and so, uh, yeah. And all right. So God bless you guys. Um, I pray that you are filled with the peace of Jesus today, that you will read the Bible, that you will seek God where you are, love your families, serve your families, love your spouse, serve and uh, love those in your community and who God puts in your path. And let's let's live for Jesus faithfully and obediently. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.